0: This is Carl the Jackal Frampton. Hi. This is David Healy. Hello. This is Stephen Ferris.
1: Hi. I'm Bethany Ferris. Hi.
0: This is Joey Barton. Enchilas Gutierrez. Hi. This is Harry Q. And you're
2: listening to the score.
1: The score with Michael Clark.
3: And welcome along to The Score here on Lisburn's 98FM and Bangor FM with me, Michael Clark. Here's what's coming up on this week's programme. It is shaping up to be another exciting weekend in the Irish Premiership, with the title race now looking like a three-horse race, a point-splitting first and third, and only ten games left to go. Coming up later in the programme, we'll be hearing from Carrick Rangers boss Stuart King, He is preparing to welcome Linfield to the Lockview Leisure Arena tonight. We'll be hearing from a voice in each camp ahead of Saturday's North Belfast Derby at Solitude in the form of Declan Cadell and Chris Lowe. Plus, Ballymena United are bracing themselves for a big game against bitter rivals Coleraine. Sky Blues defender Stephen McCulloch will be on the show. It's all coming up right here on The Score.
1: The score with Michael Clark
3: Yes, welcome along to the program. What an hour we have in store for you. One Friday night game, as I said, right at the top. That's Carrick Rangers Linfield. And then five matches taking place on Saturday this weekend. We'll give you a flavour of those throughout the programme. But when you look down the fixture list and you go, you know, two big derby games in the matches Cliftonville against Crusaders, Corinne against Balomini United, mouthwatering ties. Equally important fixtures elsewhere. Glentoran cannot afford to let up their way to Glenavon. poured it down, Warren Point. What that could mean at the bottom? Warren Point could lift themselves off the foot of the table if they're victorious there. And Dungannon and Swift's taking on Larne. They want to make sure of their safety. Larne want to continue to press and keep up with Crusaders as they tussle at the moment for that fourth spot. And we'll see what way that goes, Larne coming into this game off the back of an important win, a very impressive win against Glen Torrin last Friday in not the best conditions, it has to be said, but conditions at least allowed the game to go ahead, unlike Dungannon, against Cliftonville. So, Cliftonville fans, will be hearing from Chris Lowe, um in about 15 minutes' time, but before we speak to him, let's get our first guest on.
1: The Score with Michael Clark
3: Now, after the big news yesterday, we couldn't let this man get away without an interview, so I'm really pleased he's joining us now on The Score, Crusaders midfielder Declan Cadell. Declan, good to have you on.
2: Yes, thank you. Michael, glad to be here.
3: And if anybody's missed the big news, you've announced your early retirement at the end of this season, but it's not because there's no energy left in you. It's because you've been offered an exciting role. You're taking on the head of academy job. At Crusaders Football Club, congratulations first and foremost. Yep, but, um, for sure. but bring us up to speed. When did this all come about? Because it's taken a lot of people by surprise.
2: No, it's to be fair, it's not something I thought. Obviously, short term about. I'm thinking maybe at the end of the season I'm going to do this or that. Um, obviously, Dar Murphy had left. It created that wee bit of a gap, and to be fair, it was something. I, as I was saying, the, maybe the players and the coaching staff, it's probably the perfect opportunity for me. It's just that we bit earlier than what I would have expected. And I think when an opportunity comes up like this, I, you have to take it. Um, long-term ways, obviously, the projects, the club, and the plans for the club going forward, it's, it's obviously an exciting proposal, and one,
3: obviously, I, I can't wait to get started with. There's talk in the paper this morning, which I know you can't comment on because club officials have signed non-disclosure agreements uh, about uh, a potential big meeting, if you're to uh, believe what I've been reading in the Belfast Telegraph, but in terms of the next few years, you would imagine the uh, the kids really are the future at Crusaders, and um, and that's maybe something that you have your eye on?
2: No, 100% Michael. Obviously I came through the Crusaders' youth system as a player. Um, I've coached in the Crusaders' youth system with Obviously, taking my son for the past five years, Um, so it's something I'm well familiar with. And as I said, I think we've probably been starved of a lot of the top elite players in the country. Maybe the past decade, you you think back and Crusaders always a club that pulled younger players through. I think me myself and Jordan Owens came through at the same time, and he like uh, Matthew Snoddy and then your Gavin White, and that's maybe over a period of 15 years, but whatever it is those players and before with the club now it's grown the size of be and the success we have you'd be wanting a lot more players obviously coming through and i think there's a big big scope to get that
3: how excited are you to be taking this on
2: no I- i'm absolutely delighted. obviously talking with the club talking with the coaches involved obviously i know a lot of the coaches already from the time there um and they're all excited to have me um but it's a new challenge for me obviously i'm Anybody watches me play, I'm always a hundred percenter and I put everything I can into helping the club. I'm a Crusaders man and it's going to be exactly the same, obviously, when I take this role.
3: Does it make this weekend's game all the more poignant, in a way, your last North Belfast derby at Solitude?
2: Um, Yes, obviously it has that wee sentimental touch about it. um, But the most important thing, obviously, it's brilliant news for me and, as I said, I can't wait to get started and to get the teeth into it. But at the same time, we're still, as a playing point of view, we're still a lot to play for in the league. And obviously having our conversations with Stevie at the minute, even though it's brilliant news and talking about it, I'm excited about it. My priority at the minute is doing what I can for the football club um, to make it a successful year.
3: And that starts on on Saturday. Uh, The the Derby, you need no introduction to that match. You've played in it so many times down through the years. And in terms of aspirations for the season. You need to pick up as many points as you can now, and you're not the only team saying that because it's been a real bun fight.
2: Oh, it's been a plenty campaign, um the most exciting campaign in a long, long time. And I'm under no illusions about Saturday. It's gonna be a very, very tough game. Liverpool are good side, they're good football side, have quality players. Um but yeah, it's it's one of those ones. We we have to win. We have to win for any chance. Obviously are nine points ahead of us for sitting in four. So we're just going to have to claw back as much points as possible between now and the end of the season.
3: And Crusaders fans are thinking, and if you could also derail our bitter rivals in their title bid, that would be a bonus as well?
2: It's probably it's always a bonus for supporters, isn't it? The day, there's no, <laughs> no, bigger, no bigger match, regardless who's top of the league, who's second, who's third. It's Crusaders-Cliffenville, it's that rivalry. I think it's that bragging rights for the fans. And it's it's a special occasion every time you play Cleveland throughout the season and one obviously I'm looking forward to playing again tomorrow.
3: It's Gonna be a fantastic game, and I'm looking forward to being there. Uh, when when I got the news uh, about your retirement at the end of the season, I'm just repeating at the end of the season in case anybody thinks that you're just gonna vanish into the night all of a sudden. But I was no. saying, you know, a relief to calf shins and big toes across the league. Uh, you've made many friends down through the years. You've on the pitch probably made a few enemies as well. But the, the thing sometimes that supporters don't see is it's a lot more cordial behind the scenes, I think, in Irish league circles than than maybe you know in other leagues.
2: Oh no, 100%, 100%, and all the players know each other, the majority get on well, but I would think any player I would say, that I've played against, obviously, Sean Ward actually let me be voicemail last night, he says, you're the biggest, I'll, let, I'll not use the word that he said to describe me, um, <laughs> when I'm playing against you, he says, but you're the best guy playing with you, and I, I think anybody that knows me knows that about me.
3: That's a lovely thing to be able to to sort of get those messages. Is it a bit weird to take in because, you know, you've still got the rest of the season to play here as well and people are now sending you these messages and you're like, Guys, I've not died or anything, but but it's a lovely, you know, outpouring of messages. I, I took a bit of time to to read some of them on the Crusaders Facebook page and like likes of Dermot O'Carroll. Obviously, he's a new job as well. In case people have missed that, when he's away to St. Mirren with Stephen Robinson, is he's going to be Stephen's assistant? They've left Morecambe, and he said, you know, real club legends take over the academy when they hang up the boots. That's that's how it's done. Uh, things like that must put a smile on your face.
2: Oh, a hundred percent. And as I said, you forget about a lot of the players and. Played with, against, stuff like that. I mean, a message about it. It makes you recognise probably what you've achieved and what you've done in your career. And as i said a lot of some boys have said, Is it not too early, etc.? But I've achieved, I think, what I wanted to achieve. I think I made my debut in 2007. If you were to tell me in 2007 I'd play over 500 games for the club and win 10 major honours, I'd be absolutely delighted. And I've done that in in football terms. I'm looking at myself and going, what else do I have to prove to people? And not a lot. I've won everything in the game and I've done what I set out to do. And I've obviously pushed the club and helped push the club in the right direction for the success.
3: And that's something as a person I can be very proud of. Well said. I completely agree with those sentiments as well, I have to say. And you've been a pleasure to work with down through the years. Uh, If there was an icing on the cake for you this season, what would it be?
2: a successful one. Um, as I said, so we're sitting fourth in the league. We're still in the Irish Cup. An um, important thing to me is trying to drive the boys and the players on. Um, as I said, for a successful season and maybe try to go out on a high, and that, that would that would be the ice on the cake and that would top it off nicely for me.
3: And I guess throughout all of that, Stephen Baxter will be the man saying, "Let's not get too carried away thinking about this, that, or the other, because." you know what managers are like, anything that's a perceived distraction, uh, they can't have it around the changing room and I'm sure it's just about keeping that focus.
2: Yeah, 100% and that's why even I had a chat with the boys last night and wanted to nail it early on
1: mm-hmm.
2: uh, and, and kind of get it out of the way because it's a, ma- it's a massive game obviously starting on Saturday and there's five big fixtures coming up the next four weeks or so. Obviously Irish Cup with Clevenbow with Limfield, a couple of other teams in there and they're, they're all cup finals for us and the main thing is the teams playing well at the minute. The boys are doing fantastic and it's just continue to drive them on, do my part as much as I can to help the team.
3: And last one from me, um, looking back over that career as you say, you know, coming through the youth ranks in two thousand and seven and all the five hundred plus games since, have you a, a favourite moment? Have you one that kinda sometimes you just go back to and think, Yeah, that was pretty special?
2: I think for me is winning the league first time round. Um, obviously throughout my time at Crusaders, we were always second best in terms of league position. Um, we are always finishing second, third, fourth, second, second, and we could never get over that line. And at that time, I'd won every trophy that I'd in the game, or the league, and we were always same and we were always named a cup team for without probably ten years, eight, eight years, ten years. And to get over that line, the team and the squad we had and the camaraderie we had that year was fantastic. And I think when the, especially of a Solitude, um, which topped it off and maneuver couldn't be caught, that, that's a day that stands out for me and that's the one that means the most.
3: Is it, you see, when you do something like that, is it is it relief as much as anything that finally it's happened? Because it would be so easy to go, is this ever going to happen for us?
2: Yeah, no, 100%. 100%. And as I said, we're, we're always finishing second and third. And we just didn't have, we probably didn't have the squad. obviously, to push us on. But a good maybe start at 11, maybe good 12, 13 players, and other than that, them we we'll probably struggle. And Stevie went out and he, he signed good quality players. And probably a lot of people thought those players would come in and start. But if anything, the drove the team it came that we had on to perform better, and if, if we did have any injuries or suspensions or anything, it was lake for lake. you know what I, mean? I remember mm-hmm. I'm saying, and if Carl and Barry Malloy, Stephen O'Flynn, all those players, obviously Barry especially, that, that came in, kept him at Derry City for 10 years. And a lot of people, and Bari probably didn't play as much as he would have liked. Um, but what he did is drive the rest off his own. He's professional. He raised the standards of the football club. And a three tweaks like that, they're able to give you that extra five or ten percent to get over the line.
3: I'm imagining now you go on maybe some night suit shopping, and you know, kind of, I, I could see you being quite a flash out of academy here, coming in with your shades on. No, <laughs> oh, no, definitely.
2: no, 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 uh, suit, copas, and maybe a bench coat will do me.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like it. Well done uh, on a fantastic career. Good luck for what's left of your season, and thanks for coming onto the program, Declan. Thank you.
2: No, thank you, Michael.
1: The Score with Michael Clark
3: So there you go, the thoughts of Crusaders Declan Cadell and let's balance it up right away, shall we? Let's go to the hosts of Saturday's Encounter First time on the programme for this man I'm very happy to say a warm welcome onto The Score for Chris Lowe of Cliftonville Chris, how are you? All good, Michael, all good it's good to talk to you, and maybe a, a little hard to believe as well, you've been at the Reds for just over a year now.
0: Yeah, time's flown in, to be fair. And um, they say time flies when you're having fun, so it's it's been good. Obviously, the results have been good ever since I went there, and um, it's a big change from when I was at Dungan, relegation battles and all that, what have you. But yeah, since I've been there, it's been good.
3: On Dungan and Swifts, I mean, you were at the club since... You were a very young age, what was it, 14?
0: 14, 13 or 14, I was there, yeah.
3: Um. it's yeah, a long time to be at one club, over 200 appearances for them. Um. So, did you ever think that a, a step up in the league was possible? And when did you find out that there was interest in you?
0: I did, I always did, you know, played about with the thought you know maybe I could make the step up I was always curious to see how far I could go within the local game and um if the chance ever did arrive I would be I would be open you know to moving on um, but it was just it was January last year I, I don't think my form was actually too good with Dungan at the time I think I was in and out of the team um, I couldn't find any rhythm at the time so um it became a wee bit of a shock whenever I heard Cliftonville were interested but As soon as I got word, the move went pretty quick from there. You know, it was one or two talks within a couple of days and the move was sorted. So I'm I'm glad that it actually arrived.
3: So Cliftonville fans will be saying Paddy McLaughlin obviously knows what he's after in the transfer window. He tends to do quite well. And I mean, it isn't just a case of you've gone and been a squad player. You've gone and played a lot of minutes and been a very important part of this team that's challenging on almost every front.
0: Yeah, it was probably my first goal that I set when I was making the move. I was um, I was sort of wondering, could I make the first 11? And then possibly, you know, if I was able to keep my shirt, then that would, that, uh, that would be a bonus. But so far, I've been able to do that. But, you know, there's always signings coming in. There's, you know, the squad we have is fantastic. You know, I'm only, I'm looking over my shoulder and there's there's, boys on the bench that can take my place within an instant so um, if I let my form dip at all then I know I'll be out of the team so that keeps me going as well. What is the
3: physical requirement on you in terms of a step up like that because I imagine football is a lot more enjoyable when you're going and challenging for things and you're not sort of fighting for your life as it were to to stay in the league but but it must be Quite a challenge to to up your game to to then be at the standard where you know you want to be in that team and and you want to be successful. There's there's a lot of scrutiny on you.
0: Yeah, um, when it's going well, it's probably a wee bit easier to um, do your own bit at the house. You know, you, away away from the ground, away from Cliftonville. You know, I'd be going to the gym. Um, I'd be doing my rehab work. You know, getting you know in between matches, um, getting my recovery in and stuff like that. Um, When you're winning games and you're playing well and you're getting praised by fans, you know, you read this and you read that, it, it helps. It's a wee bit easier. Whereas at Dunguian, probably probably I wasn't as professional as what I probably would be now, you know, in terms of looking after myself. So that might have been an impact on, you know, f- from the results. Possibly I wasn't enjoying it as much, so I wasn't taking care of myself. Hence why my form dipped, you know, near the end of my beginning career. But like, it's all part of football. It's all part of learning, and it, it's enjoyable.
3: And the thing is, well, sometimes people don't realise, you know, outside looking in, but when you step into that environment, I would imagine, and you're going, my goodness, the standard of these players, you don't really have a choice but to work harder, do you?
0: No. Um, playing with good players may, you know, it, can have that impact where it raises your own game and I think for the you know for me that has been the case um it's a pleasure to train with the boys you know three times a week the standard of training and even in the games when we carry when we carry our drills into the game it's it's really good to be a part of
3: and what has the impact of Paddy McLaughlin being like, I know he can, he has a bit of reputation, like to work players very hard, doesn't he? Making sure everybody's on top
0: of their fitness. Yeah. Um, that's him. You know, fitness is a big part of the game now, I think, especially in the local game. The Irish league is, you know, it's gung ho, it's, it's hell for the other, for, for a full 90 minutes. There's no, there's no real respite. So, if, Paddy's been super for me. Like, um, he tends, <laughs> he's, yeah, I, I I don't want to say too much, but it just um it's been good to work with him, and um it's definitely been a change from all the managers that I've been with, um but probably the most enjoyable manager I've worked under.
3: He seems to have a very good rapport with the players, where you know he not quite one of the lads, but you know what I mean. He has that friendly side, but then can can switch to business when required.
0: Yeah, uh, around the change room he is witty. He, he comes out with a couple of jokes here and there, and. He gets a few laughs, so he's probably happy with that himself.
3: <laughs> I think any manager will let, will take that praise. Uh, you know, looking at how your career has been, I'm sure there's some fond memories you look back on. Don Gannon, Swift. What were what were some of the highlights? I would I would have thought the League Cup final probably would be right up there.
0: Oh yeah, there's numerous highlights. Um, even making my debut for the club, you know, because Don Gallon for me will always stay close to my heart because. Um, When I'm from Omaha, obviously, and whenever there was little to no football options here for me um, at the standard of of Irish League, um, Dungannon took me in and developed me through the youth and was able to give me that chance in in the local game. So obviously, yeah, the League Cup as well, to bring the first senior trophy to that, you know, to help bring the first senior trophy to that club, it it meant a lot. And I'll, I'll remember it forever. I'll cherish those moments forever.
3: Only a few years ago now, but they've another league cup final to look forward to in a couple of weeks.
0: Yeah, hopefully make it number two. Um, hopefully add to the medal that I have, and that's what you want to do. You want to you want to be successful and win every game possible, and especially in finals. You, there's no bigger hurt than losing the final.
3: You must be, or well, by the end of this, run, you'll be sick of playing Coleraine and they'll be sick of playing you. Obviously, you had each other a couple of weeks ago in the league. Then you have a League Cup final uh, against them, but that comes after an Irish Cup quarter final against them. It, it's almost ridiculous.
0: <laughs> yeah, um, I have a good mate Jimmy Glacken obviously it's well documented. Yeah. I'm a good mate for him, so we, um, yeah... Um, if we're not sick of each other seeing each other around the <laughs> town, then we will be on the football pitch. But um, no, Koreans a good side. We know we know how good they are. The, you know what they've done over the past couple of years, competing at the top of the league, and you know they've got an Irish, they've got an Irish Cup, they've got a League Cup and all um, under the belt as well. So, look, they're a tricky opponent, and we'll be looking to win every game we do play against them. And but um, it, yeah, it's not going to be easy.
3: So the bragging rates must have been quite good then when you set up the winning goal against (laughs) Corian.
0: Yeah, I'm probably not involved in as much goals as what I should be, but um, yeah, uh, Jimmy heard about that one that weekend, and I heard it enough.
3: (laughs) Um, When you... Look at the fixture list. It's so, so challenging this season, isn't it? I mean, I know the last couple of years have been hard for everybody for lots of different reasons, but just even looking at pure football at the moment and how congested it is, a North Belfast derby this weekend, then an Irish Cup quarterfinal against Corain, as I said, away to Glentoran, and then you've got Corain in the League Cup final at Windsor Park, and that's before you worry about Glenavon, Portadown, etc., and then the split and whatever else is left of a title race. How on earth, Do you try and keep standards high? How can you keep churning out results in this league with matches like that?
0: Um, It is difficult, you know, to go on a run to to win several matches in a row in our league is extremely difficult, but um, it's just something embedded. You know, it's something that just has to be done. If you want to be successful, you know in the back of your mind that, you know, Top teams have to go through these these rough spells and, and and tough games and those are the games you want to be a part of anyway, especially at this time of the season. You know, each game's getting more crucial now um, that you're competing for things and each game means more and that's just the way it is. It's just the way it is.
3: You're saying about you know maybe you could be involved in a, a few more goals. You, you definitely have the Mister Versatile tag, but I've never seen you up top, Chris. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh there's probably, I, well, there's probably a reason for that, um, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's something that I I try to demand off myself a wee bit more. You know, I go home every game. You know, could have got more assists, more goals, or whatever. But it's just hasn't seemed to uh, materialise just yet. But I'm I'm always working on it. Um, I'm always working on it
3: where is your happiest position? Because I've seen you at centre-back, I've seen you at right-back, I've, I've seen you wide in midfield as well, and a wee bit more time in the in the heart of midfield. Um, Is that something maybe you'd like to, to to do more of, if you could, and sort of occupy the centre role?
0: Yeah, uh, my favourite position would be in the centre midfield. Um, you know, maybe in the, the number eight role, you know, doing my box-to-box runs. Mm. I feel as if I have the legs to do that. Um, but also... The deep line midfielder, you know, screening screening their front man, just sitting in front of the, of our back four. Um, I enjoy it as well. Um it's just you feel more involved, you get more of the ball and stuff like that. So it's that's where I wanna play most.
3: And you've some amount of talent in that Cliftonville squad at the moment and and you know, and just thinking of all the different players that can occupy midfield. Chris Gallagher's one, obviously, that uh, fans have been raving about this season. Um, but just what's that competition like for places, and uh, and how have you found it in the in the last few months with with your teammates?
0: Uh, definitely challenging. Um, the boys around the middle of the park are, you know, superb talents. Um, you know, Cricky Gallagher, as you mentioned, you've Rory Hill, Chrissy Kern, the skippers in there. Um, Here, I'm missing a few, but. There's so many players as well that are versatile, just like me, um, as well, which probably isn't documented as much either. Um, well, I'm not just the only versatile one. Chris Curran, I think, played more positions than me. So he's a skipper. He's um, the one I look up to most. And um, it, it's tough to get into that midfield. And obviously, I'm happy to play wherever, wherever I'm put, um, as long as I'm starting 11 and stuff, that's when I'm most happiest. But Obviously, midfielders, if I could bat down a place in midfield ahead of all them boys, then I would know I'm doing something right.
3: When it comes to running, I don't know if anybody runs as much as Chris Curran. He just seems to be like a battery that never loses charge.
0: He's a super athlete. He, he looks after himself. He's always got the foam roller out at training nights. and <laughs> He's just a top pro. He's a, he's a top guy as well.
3: Uh, it's funny. I just typed Chris Curran into Google and got a fifty-year-old, but it's not the it's not the same Chris Curran. Because I was I I was thinking to myself, what age is Chris Curran now? He must be in his thirties, but he he's he's still in peak condition.
0: Oh, he is surely. Yeah, he looks after himself. He he's been around. He um, he, if I take a look at his book, I'll not go far wrong. Talk to me
3: about the game at the weekend. Then huge one at Solitude. Uh, Reds fans don't need any uh, selling of this one. It's it's going to be a brilliant game, isn't it? Cliftonville versus Crusaders. Uh, plenty of blood and thunder.
0: Yeah, uh, the first few games I've been involved with, you know, it's been super. And um, this season we haven't managed to beat them. I don't think so. Um, that's another incentive for us to go and, and put that put that right on Saturday. Um, especially for the fans because they deserve it. They've been super for us all year. They've, they've been like a 12th man at home and our, our home form goes to show that really.
3: And when you look at the league table now, one point of Linfield and Glentoran, who both have 59, it 10 games to go. It is ridiculous this season, uh, and it's so exciting for whatever a neutral's meant to be uh, for a player as well. Exciting to be in that conversation, but it makes every game as if they weren't already a pressure match. Uh, how do you cope with that, and, and how much do you relish it?
0: I relish it, yeah, a hundred percent. I can't wait. I can't wait for the games to kick off. You know, it's it's exciting times, and, and it's great to be a part of. Um, I just think, I just think it's the old cliche goes, you know, we're taking a game at a time uh, and that's all we can do, really. You know, we don't get too ahead of ourselves. We know each game is difficult. You know, with Warren Point there on Tuesday, it was only a 1-0 victory. On another day, you know, Luke Turner mightn't have been there to score that header and we could have come away with a draw and and drop points. So they're all difficult and it's just, it's good to be a part of it. It's exciting.
3: And I wasn't at that game, but I believe the young goalkeeper McMullen played out of his skin.
0: Yeah, he has. He definitely has a bright future in the game if he if that's what he's capable of there. And I've heard um, that that's not the first that's not the first performance he's put in like that. So yeah, he'll definitely go far in the game if he if he keeps that up.
3: And when you have a game like that where you're taking on a teenage goalkeeper, any goalkeeper who just pulls off worldy after worldy after worldy, um, it's probably a huge sigh of relief when you finally manage to score.
0: Definitely. Um, the main thing is getting three points, no matter no matter how how it's done. Um, albeit it was only a one 0 but you know before the game, you would have took a one 0 all day long. It, it keeps us in the hunt.
3: It most certainly does. Well, look, you've gone from a, a surprise signing to uh, nearly pretty much a sure starter now for Cliftonville. What a year you've had. So fair play to you. And um, that's it's a mouthwatering match on Saturday. I'm going to be at that one. So I look forward to seeing what way it pans out. But for now, Chris, thank you for coming on to the programme.
0: Yep, thanks very much.
1: The Score with Michael Clark.
3: It is time to bring our next guest on to the score, and I'm very happy to have him on. It is Ballymena United defender Stephen McCulloch. Stephen, good to be talking to you.
4: Yeah, it's good to be talking to you. Uh, Thanks for having me on.
3: No, it's good to have you on, and it's good to see you out playing football again. I mean, last season was an absolute nightmare for you, wasn't it?
4: Yeah, it's good to be back playing. I had a long 11 months out of being injured. I had an injury called a Frank in my foot, and just... It was a complete nightmare from um, start to finish. Um, basically, it was training one, one Tuesday night and nobody near me, and I just I, I stamped my foot down, and my foot cracked, and I thought I broke my foot. Um then had to get a scan, and it was just obviously a nightmare with COVID at the time, and then found out it was a Lis Frank injury, and um, basically was told. That I might need surgery, but if I was to get surgery, I'd have to maybe retire or not play at the level I was playing on. Um, but th- thankfully, I ended up just having to get an injection, and that that helped it. But it was a whole long process. Um, basically, I was told there was no nothing I could do to help it. It was just basically rest up, and um, I get back training, back running again, and and in anti inflammatory or trying to anti running machine where it takes your body weight off mm-hmm. um. so I was like running at like 50% body weight six, and then lifting it up each time um. and then I got back running on the pitch and it went again It was sore again and I was like oh no we're back to square one well, I'm end up having to get surgery but then once I seen the specialist again he recommended getting an injection and from the injection it's been fine so no it's good to be back playing
3: and that whole period too you're right you know Covid not easy to get into hospitals not easy to get doctor's appointments all that sort of stuff and i know there was a lot worse going on to other people in the world so we're not losing sight of that here Stephen. and i know you're certainly not but it just adds to your frustration because like anybody that's got an injury you just want to get better that's it
4: yeah and especially just because it it happened in an and then you just want to get back playing what what made it worse obviously when COVID was bad, injured players weren't allowed to go to games, so I was trying to find a stream for, um, to watch the boys on Saturday, so, so it, was, it was a complete shambles, um, and it was hard, it was tough, you felt like you weren't really involved, you were going to be training, you were just sitting about, because I, there was no treatment for my injury, I was just sitting around, watching training, and you no, know, it wasn't good, um, but as I say, I'm just glad to be back playing, and, Hopefully stay injury free for
3: a while now. Yeah, fingers and toes crossed for you. Um, Amanda, it's great to see you playing again. And just how much of a lift has it been for you those those first few matches when you came back? Because returning from injury, it can play on your mind for for the early period, and especially yours because it wasn't an impact injury; it was a total freak thing. Yeah, can't
4: play here. Um, I played I think it was two or three games for reserves and. I didn't really have to make any tackles, and so I was still a wee bit wary of going in for a challenge. Um, and then I think I, I think I, my first game back was away to Coleraine Um the the first the first I think it was their first game on the on the new 3 D pitch, and that was all my my because we train on a 3 D pitch, and that's what that's where the injury happened. So, um, yeah, it was it was tough, um, but I think once. Once I tackled somebody or, or somebody stood on my foot, it, it was grand. It was out of my head, and now I'm just I'm, I'm back to normal now.
3: I was going to say, if there's ever a game where you're thinking, I'm not sure about tackling a big derby match like that, you're going to get that out of the road fairly quickly.
4: <laughs> well, I, well, I did because I think when was Connor Keeley got injured after about half an hour, so I was on right away. It wasn't like I just got five minutes. I was thrown in, a, play a good 60-70 minutes.
3: It's your fifth season at Ballymena United already, I couldn't believe that, I looked it up just before getting you on the programme, and um, it feels like your time there has flown by, um, the injury obviously is a bit of a punctuation in that for you, and that whole period probably dragged on, but um, can you believe you've been there as
2: long?
4: Um, well obviously with the injury, it's, it's, I would actually probably say it feels longer, but no, um, I can't believe it is, five years obviously I just signed a, a new dealer and I'm glad we stayed. I've I've enjoyed um uh my time at Balmina from the Day I signed. it's been absolutely brilliant. And hopefully I've plenty more se- seasons to play. Uh, it's been an enjoyable good uh five seasons, obviously the year we finished second and stuff. Um but hopefully now I just need to get a bit of silverware. I haven't had um, many luck in finals. I think I've played five or six and it's beaten every time.
3: That must be uh, rather frustrating. Yeah, you, it's, it's, it plays in your head too. You would have thought, you know, you're going into a final, going not again, because there's something. You know, we all talk about David Jeffrey and the David Jeffrey factor. He always finds a way to get teams silverware, to get teams in and around it. And I mean, some of the some of the things that Balamina have achieved three years ago, as you say, coming second in the league, and um, where people are going my goodness, they're meant to fall off, they're not falling off, what's going on here? And then the Irish Cup runs and and all that's come with that too, so you're not far off it, um, even though I suppose this season's been a bit frustrating for you?
4: Yeah, we're not far off it. Obviously, the year we finished second, um, I think we pushed Linfield all the way, um, and then the year after, I think it was disappointing. From that, it's been disappointing, obviously, with the Irish Cup run, then Thorne beat us in the final. Um, Doncaster kind of beat us in the, league cuff, the other league cup final. Um, but yeah, we're not far off. It, this season, obviously we we lost a lot of players last year, and a lot of new players have come in. So it took took us time to jail. To then first we didn't start very well at the start of the season, and we started to hit a bit of form over the last couple of months. Um, but yeah, you just you want to win somewhere. well, That's that's the main thing in football. So. Well, you still we,
3: have. A, it, sorry to cut over. You still have a chance to do that. Obviously, Irish Cup quarter final coming up here against Larne, Not going to be an easy game, but look, it's never easy in, in knockout football when you get to the latter stages.
4: Well, that's it. You have you have to beat the best teams to to win trophies. So, um, yeah, the Lauren game will be tough. Larner top top side, um, but also we we beat Larne this year, so. And hopefully, obviously the pitch won't suit them. They like to play a lot of football. So, yeah, Friday, next Friday will be next next Friday or Saturday. Saturday I think it's next Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um, it'll be tough, um, but we're like, we're gonna do it, and we're confident that, that we can beat them. And who knows what can happen? It's not like football, it's Anything can happen.
3: Well, that definitely seems to be the Balmain United mantra at the minute. That Glenavon game was anything could happen, and anything that could happen probably did happen in that match. Six goals, three red cards. <laughs> like, just <laughs> just listening to that unfold and watching the highlights afterwards, I go like, "This is kind of ridiculous, really." What was it like to be involved in? It's
4: crazy. I'm sure it was good to watch for a neutral um, <laughs> fan, but yeah, it was just one of those games. Anyone could have won. Um, We were, obviously they went down to nine men and we were just pushing and pushing and pushing, but even with an extra man, we could have lost the game. It was just one of those games. Um, But I think a a draw was, we probably could have nicked it, but a a draw was probably a fur result in the end.
3: And uh, Mikey Place getting on the, the score sheet in that one. And like it was just, you went behind early, in case anyone hasn't seen this, went behind early, uh, Place scores to pull you back into it. You go ahead through Keeley. They score, what, 30 seconds or so into the second half, level it up. Then you go behind, and then Paul McElroy with 10 minutes to go equalises it. And as you say, there were other chances as well. It was just... Um, a wonderful game of football for anyone not emotionally invested in it, but probably a heart attack for absolutely everybody else.
4: Yeah, I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure David was probably glad he, he had COVID <laughs> and was at home, because um, I'm sure he would, would have been stressed out in the line. But yeah, it was just we didn't we, we didn't start the first five minutes of the first half, and we didn't start the first five minutes of the second half. I think that's what killed us a bit. Um, and it was an enjoyable game to be involved in, um, but. Yeah, it's was, it was
3: crazy. You'll be hoping that it's not just as eventful this weekend against Coleraine. It's a, always a match that the the fans are up for anyway. You know it's going to be noisy on on both sides uh, from the s- supporters and everything it brings. But also looking at the league table, you know four points behind Coleraine after this five games before the split. You know if you're thinking about any sort of chance of creeping into that top half, you probably need to get something here, don't you?
4: Yeah, um, it's probably the biggest game of the season this Saturday. Um, I, I think Coleraine are four clear. Yep. Um, so I think, obviously, we, we want to try and get top six, and being realistic, we, we can't lose the game on Saturday. If we lose the game on Saturday, that's seven points. We aren't going to bring that back. Um, so no, it's important. We'll, we'll be getting to get like three points, but as long as we don't lose it, we can't lose the game. Um, if we if we could beat, I don't think we're obviously
3: going to make top six. Looking at the the head to head, you wonder if home advantage does count at all. Uh, the Boxing Day, well Boxing Day plus one, wasn't it? Um, at the at the Balamina Showgrounds, it was a 90th minute winner, Parkhouse. Uh, you know, getting the points for the Sky Blues on on that day, but uh, even then it was uh, you know a nervy affair as you'd probably expect. Do you think it's going to be? A goal either way this time around.
4: Um, yeah, more than likely it's, it, games between us and Coleraine are usually usually tight. Uh, and saying that they probably embarrassed us the last time we were up at Coleraine. Um, and the Boxing Day game, we beat them two one. Um, and I thought we deserved that to win that game. And um, so yeah, it'll be a, it'll be a tough game, and I don't think there, there'll be much in it maybe a goal on one or two, um, who knows, but hopefully <laughs> we just come away with a three points.
3: Looking at this season, um, th- there's so many stories down throughout the league, Ballymena United fans have, have probably felt like they've been through the ringer a bit, as you say yourself, it was a tough start to the season, since then a better run of forms come together, they have that, uh, you know, still hope there for maybe a, a cup run as well, but, um, you know, a seventh place finish, although it might not be the top half that you'd obviously be aspiring for, it's still a chance for a European playoff too. And I'm just thinking about how valuable uh, European football could be for a club like Ballymini Nettit when you're up against all the full-time teams and, and clubs with greater resources than yourself. Um, That's probably something that's in the back of everybody's minds too. Isn't it trying to find a way to... to get back into Europe and, and find those ways to, to keep competing? Because it, it's getting harder, probably, for for clubs that aren't full-time.
4: Well, that's it, yeah. If you don't make top six, then you, you want to be finished seventh. And obviously, I think we're only a point ahead of avon So, obviously, you'll be battling out with, with them and them getting just behind them. And so, yeah, it's, import- it's important you just, you to try and get Europe. Obviously, it's a lot of money. And obviously, with the money the top clubs have at the minute, it's it, it's hard to compete. So you've you've got to do obviously if the Irish Cup, if you win the Irish Cup, you get into Europe, and, and the playoffs is another option. So no, it's it's important that you stay. If you don't get top six, then you get that seventh place to, to get in the playoffs and give yourself give yourself a
3: chance. I I'm trying to think what game this was earlier in the season. I brought this up. Uh, earlier on in the season, you were involved in one of the more comical falls that I had seen where you ran off the edge of the pitch. And because there's that kind of runway <laughs> around it, it's, it gets quite greasy. And you were down near the corner flag and you went in your backside. I can't remember who you were playing against, but it gave me a good chuckle. And then one of your teammates sort of told me off afterwards. "He actually, I think he hurt himself. But I don't know if you remember the game I'm on about yeah, where I, you, you tried to do I, a wee I, back I, remember, I remember
4: I remember the incident. I think it might have been... The home to Cliftonville.
3: Yes, I think you're right, actually. Uh, yeah,
4: the the ball went out, and I, I couldn't I couldn't stop. It was raining. I couldn't stop. I just slipped, and a I, I furry fell at my back.
3: Because oh, it it was I just am um, such a big child and laugh at all those sorts of things, you know. And then uh, someone said afterwards, no, I think that probably did hurt him quite a bit because there is a bit of a runoff.
4: Oh yeah, no, I do. We I laugh myself as well, but I, I was I was hobbling about the next day. I was very very sore. Well, uh, that's all the boys
3: are going to be sticking about it after. <laughs> <laughs> that's not the sort of injury you want to do. Well, here, look, we'll, we'll, redeem, your, we'll redeem your street cred now, because uh, since I lowered the tone, we'll bring it back up. You, you scored recently as well. I'm sure that was a nice one to get uh, off the mark for the campaign, scoring a winning goal against Dungannon. You know, you were you were thrown on with what was a half an hour to go, and now uh, you got on the end of a cross, stuck one in. Um I've seen you on set-piece duties and things like that. I haven't seen you arrive in the box for too many bullet headers.
4: No. It's it's very rare for me to score a header. (laughs) I think that was my first goal in over two years. Um, I think it his husband. He reminded me of two two years and four days, I think it was. Wow. Um, So it's about time I was due one. But, um, yeah, obviously Ross has been hitting set-pieces. The set-pieces have been brilliant. So, he, he's been on the free kicks but I've told, he missed the last one so I've told him that the next one I'm on it so um, hopefully he can creep up with a few more
3: <laughs> well watch that one you haven't got carried away since scoring that goal and you're demanding a 4-3-3 and you're on the left of it no? <laughs> no 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 <laughs> <laughs> um, it's uh, been really good chatting to you. Thank you very much for coming on to The Score and good luck for the game of the weekend. Huge game between the band and the braid men, always one that um, gets the fans talking. So uh, no doubt people will be giving us their predictions online about that already, The Score and I. But uh, for now, Stephen, thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. Thank you.
1: The Score with Michael Clark.
3: Have we room for one more guest? Of course we do here on The Score and it's uh, good to have this man back on the programme as well. He is the Carrick Rangers manager Stuart King. Stuart, thanks for coming back on.
1: Cheers Michael, thanks for having me.
3: Um, nice easy one for you tonight. Uh, team that, uh, you know, easy three points here for Carrick. Just Linfield coming down. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, listen, it's, it's, it's a massive game for us. Obviously we're fighting for our lives and obviously league champions coming down it's a massive game massive game for the club hopefully it's a big crowd and it's something that we're really looking forward to and it's a game that I've cancelled in when I first took over
3: and it's a team that you know you don't need a scouting report on you know Linfield very well your time there as a player too Um, what is it about this sort of match and the the atmosphere that it brings that is a wee bit special?
1: (laughs) To be honest with you I think when any time Linfield comes to any club I think it's probably their biggest game and um, yeah I've I've obviously got massive links to the club and um, yeah it's just it is special it it, it was marked straight away that I wanted to I wanted to get to there are certain points of the season I wanted to get to and getting Linfield at home was one of them and the big the crowd probably our biggest gate of the season and like I say we're, we're fighting for our lives and we're trying to get as many points as we can and Linfield are going for a title so it's massive for both clubs and and to be on the TV and under the lights on Friday night. It's just really exciting.
3: And how interesting. I mean, if you were able to take points off Linfield, you would finally be a Glentoran hero, Stuart. We never thought that would be a conversation. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Somehow I doubt that. Somehow I doubt that. But no, listen, it's just, my main interest now is obviously Carrigan. Um, I need points on the board, so I'll be doing everything. My team will be doing everything to, to get points on the board, and we know it's not going to be easy. We know they're an absolute quality team, quality fit, an unbelievable manager. Um, And we have to be at our real best to get anything from the game.
3: The last few games have have probably been really hard to take. I would have thought, you know, lost the last five in all competitions. You look at those games and you drill into them. A single goal, twice against Cliftonville, once was in the Cup. The dying embers, the last seconds of the game, deep, 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 into stoppage time against Crusaders last Saturday. And then, uh, you know, defeats against teams in and around you in the league in and Dungannon and Warren Point. Um, uh, how do you pick players back up after that? Because it probably gets old quite quickly when you always seem to be on the wrong side of luck, if luck exists in football.
1: Yeah, you, you can you can either pick yourself up and, and, and slow down a bit, or you can pick yourself up and, and get back on the horse and, and prepare your best you can for the next game. That's all you can do. The three games against Dungannon and one point weren't good enough. Defensively, we were... We weren't very good Um, last week. (laughs) Our friend Andrew Davy played seven minutes, (laughs) and we conceded only twenty seconds ago. So, um, yeah, disappointing. But if my lads give me everything they they do, the majority that they have, the majority of the season, we'll be fine. Like I say, the two club games wasn't much between the teams. Crusaders' game, we should have got points on the board. I know to be fair, the my my lads have they've been really competitive and I'd say about 95% of the games all season so there has been progression we have the same number of points that we had all last year and we still got 10 games to go so that's that's a massive step forward for the football club this season and we just have to keep kicking on it and, and giving it everything and trying to get as many points on the board so we're not looking over our shoulder and we're looking forward now
3: and that's a, a great bit of perspective, which is something that's often lost in football, isn't it really? And we can all be guilty of it, the media, even players. Once you're in a in a particular period and results are going a certain way, people can kind of lose focus of, of what they've achieved at, at different points.
1: Yeah, um, when I was given the job, I was actually in previous place. And, uh, I'm not pulling my own but I think we have. I think the points on the board show that. There's a lot, of, a lot of more stuff to do, there's a lot of more progression we have to get to. We've got to get to a level where we're trying to compete with the bigger teams in the, in the country. But, so far, it's been okay. It's not been superb at all, but it's been it's been better. Um, and we just have to keep on trying to get as many points as we can. We have a lot of big games coming up now. You know, the five before this, then five after. So, yeah, starting tonight, each, each game as it comes, we prepare the best we can. Um, I'm really interested in trying to um, prepare my teams the best I can. They, they beat the bigger teams, um, and that starts again. That started all week this week. So, yeah, massive game tonight.
3: I know this is the question that keeps managers every manager up awake at night. But you know, how did you get the results earlier in the season compared to now? You know, the the, the, the sort of poor run of form compared to you. You were defying all the odds at the beginning. How does that change happen? Uh, explain it to a person.
1: I can be really honest. I had at the start of the season, I let a lot of lot of players go, uh, and I brought in a, f- a, a, a few bit more quality players. Um, and my squad was small, and because of that, I, that was an, a, a conscious decision by me. I needed better quality in the squad, and then I picked up a hell of a lot of injuries and long term injuries, like five or six long term injuries. So, yeah, we went on, we started off great because we had competition. People were fighting for the place. And then I ended up having eleven, twelve players for three, four months. And then a, a group of young lads who've been absolutely fantastic. So that's that that was the that was the change. Now it's trying to get players back, which is it's hopefully happening now in the new in the nice next de- distant future. And we're more competitive again and the couple of boys in Ringland have come over and helped us out big style. And yeah, there's competition again and people are fighting for the places and the performances have definitely picked up.
3: Do you? I know it's maybe a something no manager wants to say until it's mathematically certain. But do you feel secure in the league? You're, you're tenth. You're nine points ahead of Portadown at the moment.
1: No, definitely not. There's thirty points to play for, so um, we need more points on the board. Uh, i I've no doubt that we will do. Um, we will win games, but I'm not certain until it's done. You know, hopefully we'll get in the position sooner rather than later where. we'll... Where we can go and enjoy the last load of games, you know what I mean. But yeah, we've put ourselves in a great position. No, we've done rightly, but we really have to keep our head down and keep motivated and and keep concentrating <laughs> because we've lost points in the 90, 90, minute and against Glenavon against Crusaders, which probably would have made us safe if we had a, picked up four or five points. But listen, we just have to keep going, keep keep concentrating on our goal, which is to obviously stay in the league and trying to improve.
3: And after tonight, as you say, it's a it's a busy running, and then you've got the uh, the small matter of uh, the post split games too. But um, Portadown, uh, you know, coming off the back of the Linfield game, does seem a, a significant match, doesn't it? Um, in terms of where you want to be.
1: Yeah, it's it's massive. I know they have a massive game this week against Warren Point. but listen, I, I don't I don't um pick and choose my games. I, I want to win every single game. No, uh, yeah, we play Limerick tonight and we play Portadown next week. But I, I genuinely set my team out every week. They they try and get points on the board. So, yeah, it's it, it is a vital game. It's massive, of course it is. Um, I'm not going to hide behind that. But we've got to play them twice. We've got to play them as well in the split. So, yeah, hopefully we can get a result and 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 create a bigger gap because that's all I can do. That's not going to be the defining moment of the season. I'll just either create a bigger gap or a gap will close. So. It's up to us to make sure we get the right result.
3: How have you found life in the Premiership? bit of a baptism of fire, maybe?
1: Yeah, it's what I've wanted for a long time. I've been doing my badges for the last 10 years. Um, I've worked really hard to get in this position. Mm-hmm. And I, I'll be honest, it, it, it's been great. It's been really enjoyable, but it's been really hard work. It's really tough. It um, affects everything in your, in your, your life. And it's, it's hard when you're trying to hold down a, a full-time job and a young family and everything else. But that's what I've wanted for a long time, and I love the coaching side. I love being with the players. I love man management. Um, but there's a hell of a lot of other stuff that goes on in the background and um, media and board and, and all, a whole lot of other stuff that that people don't see, and, and and that takes up a hell of a lot of your time. So yeah, it's great. It's what I've wanted. It's what I want to do. I, I would love to go and um, get a career out of it, or give a go at a career out of it. Um, and it's a massive learning curve. But yeah, listen, I'm in the best league in the country. And, and I've got, I'm managing one of the biggest teams in the country. And that's what I wanted. That's what I wanted. And when you're a young coach, you know, you aspire to, you aspire to take your team or they play Lynfield at home and things like that there. So or go to Windsor or go to Cliftonville or go to Crusaders. Um, that's us you aspire when you're a young coach. And for me to be able to do that this season has, has been unbelievable. And I kind of think Carrie can afford it, if I'm being honest.
3: I think there'll be a lot of young managers that, that are thinking fair play to you and maybe even looking at you potentially as a role model, insofar as people would have said, How did he make that jump? How did he do that? And other people maybe believe that they can then do that in turn in future as a result because you know what football is like sometimes people wonder is it a, a, the managerial merry-go-round etc but you kind of broke that by coming in.
1: Yeah I, I um made a conscious decision when I was at Lorndy going to assist David Dorn at Ballyclare and then I obviously went to Banbridge and I became the manager quite soon after being there um, and I'm across the Banbridge you know you're basically doing everything yourself and you have your staff of course but um. I learned very quickly how to be a, a young manager, and and fair play, of put put the trust in me. They they offered me the job, and it, I'm not saying I'm going to be a role model for anybody, but it gives young aspiring coaches because there's plenty, of, there's hundreds and hundreds of young coaches in Northern Ireland who want to be in a position where I'm in. And sometimes I need a reality check, and sometimes I have to talk to young coaches. They they sort of put my me in perspective. They they don't beat myself up as much because. If I can do it, then they can do it, and um, I, I love it. And there's loads and loads of really, really good young coaches about the country, taking up, taking up, taking up their time every week. They go and do it, and listen. It's great for it's great for the local game. If there's loads of young coaches that want to get to the highest level they can, and and why not? You know what I mean? It's took me ten years to to get this position, um, and I'm very thankful to get it.
3: It is the fascinating thing about Northern Ireland, where because. We've 12 teams in the premiership. Sometimes we forget that there's life outside of it and championship and PIL clubs and supporters will definitely echo that. And even look down to the amateur leagues and the the quality on the pitch, not just in the dugouts, um, across the country there. So I always laugh when, you know, when you hear somebody say, oh, we need a striker or a midfielder or whatever, where are we going to find one? (laughs) You're thinking, well, there's only 12 teams to shop with, you know, (laughs)
1: there's definitely there's, there's definitely loads and loads of good players out there. Um, and you want to know someone, it's actually hard sometimes to get them to, to, to take a step up because they're enjoying their football and they're they're at a place where they, they feel loved and trusted and um for young players they if they want to aspire you know they've got to look they've got to look forward they've got to try and progress and um yeah young young players there's, there's loads of them there's loads of them in the country and, and you can see the the progression of something that from your level from amateur level in the PIL championship, and now playing Premier League, and um, it's exciting, sign for the corner.
3: That in itself is actually a really interesting challenge, and I have a player in mind, and it, it isn't some, it isn't probably who everyone listening is thinking it is. Uh, I know that's very cryptic, but I'm, I don't want to betray any trusts. There, I remember a player a few years ago saying to me, "I'm far, I'm just far happier playing uh, amateur league where I don't get any abuse, and I can just go about and worry about football and nothing else." And to me, I was going, well, you're so much better than I was. I, I wish I would have had that choice. I don't know that I would have, I don't know that I would have made the same decision as them, but you have to respect it. But as a manager looking at that, you're you. there's probably times you're going, oh, please believe in yourself enough and come and try this back yourself because you're good enough.
1: Yeah. I I, I had a, so much when I was a, a PAL manager. Um, I'm even getting now, a, a car where I'm trying to get people to progress to where I believe in them and I think that they're they're good enough and they're quality enough. They they come and play Premier League or even give it a good go. Um, and it, it's it's a tough call, you know. Listen, I I respect people. Like I say, I, I found out really quickly this year that it can be hard. It can be hard in your family life. And if you're happy and and you're content and that and that's where that's the level you want to be at and you're and you're happy and content. in fair play. That's your that's your choice. But. <laughs> For my wife, um my wife's not too happy, but I, I always wanna progress, I always wanna improve, I always want to do better. Um and that's maybe just the difference between me and, and some other people, but listen, you gotta respect I've learned that quite quickly as a manager that you gotta respect people's opinions and people people's choices, you know what I mean? You can't do nothing about it. I might agree with them, but um sometimes it just doesn't fit and and, and that and that's the way it should be
3: yeah it's a, it's a, always just something that fascinates me when people are talking about where players are and and you know the the different lesser spoken about challenges maybe in the media and that is one people finding the level that they're happy at not just the the level that they're good enough for which is um two different things actually and sometimes we don't realize that um it's a it's an exciting match tonight um in terms of the preparation for it you weren't giving a, a, the boys any rest this week really were you, you were uh, keeping them working hard and training
1: yeah the I was going to change it up where I was going to come in Monday, Wednesday, but um, there was a game on Monday night at Crusader, so the lads have been in Tuesday and they're in last night. <laughs> no, it was a horrible night last night for training, but um, yeah, just prepare again, you know, set a story. We'll, we've got, a, obviously, a game plan to play too and, and hopefully it comes it comes out well tonight. You know, um, it's good exposure too for the players, you know, they've done quite well, so it's, it's a it's a, bit of a bonus if it's on the TV and plenty of people can see it, but fully expect a big crowd to come down, you know, a lot of Olympic fans have not been contacting about coming down and um yeah it's exciting. It's, it's what we're in the game for. It's what it's why I'm a coach. I want I want to play against David Healy's team, you know, he's won the double I think four years at fire where he's one of the best managers in the country. I want to play against David Healy's team, you know um and all the rest as well and, and this is why I'm involved in it.
3: Message to the players then: make sure that uh, it's still a close scoreline come 90 minutes, and, and say to the fourth official, don't be don't be putting up big numbers if it is. Oh, I mean, I, I, see, see,
1: had six minutes went up last week, and I was really, I was really killing Andre, and he knew it after the game. But <laughs> that's that's football. You know, we've done a few times in the 90th minute, but it's just it's it's off. We have to concentrate more. You know, we have to. Keep going until the 97th, 98th minute and make sure we're fully concentrated and, and stuck and seeing goals in the, in the last few minutes because it's cost this big style this year and we've just got to keep, keep keep our heads right and hopefully get the points on board.
3: Really enjoyed chatting to you. Thanks so much for coming on to the score, Stuart.
1: Thanks for having me again, god. Take care. The score with Michael Clark.
3: Carrick Rangers boss Stuart King there on the score and that pretty much wraps up our programme for this week before we go, uh, just mentioning managers, good to see Grunt McCann back in the hot seat. He has returned to Peterborough United, his first job this time around in charge of the posh Saturday at home the whole city. I mean football has a way of it, doesn't it? Uh, that really is um not even surprising, I guess how this game conspires to orchestrate these stories uh, for us, and uh, maybe sometimes against some of the uh, the figures involved in it, but uh, that'll be one that he doesn't need any extra motivation for, I would have thought. Good luck to Grant McCann. Uh, reminder, the game's Car Rangers Linfield, as we've just been talking about, that's tonight. The BBC are streaming that one live. Uh, you can also... Enjoy five matches tomorrow, uh, all three o'clock kickoffs, whichever one you may choose to attend in the Premiership. Cliftonville Crusaders, and Ballymeni United, Dungannon, Swifts, Larne, Glenavon, Glen Torren, and Portadown versus Warrenpoint Town. But for now, thank you to my guests and thank you for listening. All that remains to be said is enjoy your weekend of sport. Bye bye.